there's two levers you can pull when you think about profitability of your offers. Lever one is sales and lever two is costs. And the answer generally is somewhere, some combination of both. Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to make some money while doing what they love. On this podcast, we're going to pull back the curtain and talk about all things business and money, but I promise you this is not your typical boring numbers talk. I'm your host, Sarah Young, a CPA and CFO with over a decade of experience in finance, business, and leadership. I'm going to share everything I've learned from helping my clients grow more profitable businesses and keep more of what they earn while growing my own successful business along the way. You'll feel empowered and confident that you too can grow your wealth, live a rich life, and have an impact. Stick with me and you might even start to think that finance is fun. Let's dive in. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to episode 550 of the Profit and Prosper podcast. So, by the time that this episode comes out, we will be right at the one year mark of when the first episodes of the podcast came out back in February 2022. And it's sort of insane how fast this past year has gone. I have really enjoyed putting out this podcast and talking about finance and money stuff and growing your business and building your wealth in this format. I really personally love it. So for those of you who have been around since last February, I'm so appreciative that you are here and that, you know, you have shared the episodes, you've left me a review. Um, You know, some of you reach out and you tell me in the Instagram DMs when episodes really strike a chord with you. And so I'm so appreciative for those of you who, you know, do that. I love to hear about how the topics that I talk about actually have an impact on your business and on your life. And, you know, for those of you who are new, welcome. I hope that, you know, you get a lot out of this podcast. We're going to keep talking about some really good stuff in the upcoming year. So this episode today is part one of a four-part series that I'm going to do on profitability. I'm going to talk in each of the episodes about four crucial elements of a profitable business. And the four elements we're going to talk about actually go along with four stages of maturity that I see my clients going through as their businesses grow. So those four stages are stage one, stabilization. So in the first stage of business, your job is primarily just to stabilize your cash flow, meaning you have consistent sales coming in, You get your offers and all of your sort of processes around how to market and how to sell and how to deliver on those things that you sold um, in stage one. So stage one, stabilization, it's all about consistent cash flow. In my opinion, stage two is about protecting your business. So protecting your business is making sure that, you know, now that you have stable cash flow, making sure that your business is going to last, that it is sustainable, that it will run without you having to put your time and energy into it day in and day out. Stage three is where we grow your business. So this one is for those of you who want to go from, you know, solopreneur or, you know, super small business um, up to growing your business to multi six figures, seven figures, maybe even beyond 
this stage is where we've got the stable cash flow coming in. You know what you're selling. You have the foundational stuff to protect your business from, you know, cash flow swings, from, you know, things going on in the economy that are outside of your control, from you potentially having to take time away from your business for personal reasons. It all happens, right? You have those foundational things in place, and then we we build on that. So we grow your business and get your business to the next level. And the fourth stage is what I call the wealth creation stage. So I think this is important for everybody, no matter what size you want to grow your business to. I think we have to get to a place where you're able to create wealth and ultimately create passive income, not necessarily in the form of courses or things that people like to say are passive, but true passive income would be Things like having dividends from investments in stocks, having retirement accounts that you're able to take distributions out of, you know, when you're old enough to be able to retire, having real estate, which isn't fully passive, but, you know, it's more passive than having to show up and work and work every day, but having income from, you know, maybe rental real estate or things like that, creating that wealth so that you are able to eventually step out of the business Whether this is something, I know I have a lot of people who say, I don't want to leave my business. I love what I do. And ultimately, we want to make sure you give yourself the choice of doing that one day because eventually you will have to step out of your business one day, whether you retire or one day we're all going to die. Like we need to make sure that you're building wealth to take care of yourself personally. So those are the four stages. Today, we are going to focus on stage one. That's about stabilizing your cash flow, creating consistent cash flow. And the piece that I think is so crucial for business owners in stage one is focusing on profitable offers. So the topic of this first episode in the series is profitable offers. And we're going to talk about how to figure out whether your offers are profitable or not. And we'll talk about how do we design offers that are more profitable. So have you ever thought about each of the offers that you have, whether you have one or 10 or however many things you sell, have you ever thought about which one is the most profitable? I'm guessing, you know, some of you probably have, especially if you've been listening to me for a while, but if you're new around here, maybe you haven't. And this is really common because I think in business owner land, we all tend to focus very heavily on sales numbers, but we don't talk as openly about profit. So we'll talk about, hey, we sold a hundred K, we sold 500 K, a million dollars, right? You see people talk about this, but they don't talk about the profitability of those offers. How much are they actually taking home from what they sold? And I would actually argue for me personally, I care more about how much I'm taking home, how much I'm able to drop down to my bottom line profit then my sales number. I think sales is kind of a vanity metric and it's not indicative to me of somebody who's necessarily able to build a successful, profitable business and create wealth. We want to ask ourselves, how much are you keeping out of everything that you're selling? How much do you keep of each sale in terms of not just money, but also time and energy? And so to do that, we have to figure out how profitable your offers actually are. So let's actually talk about how do you, like what are the terms that you kind of need to know in order to assess whether your offers are profitable? So actually, before we jump into the nitty gritty of how we do all this, I want to tell a quick story of a client that I had. So 
several months back, I had a client who we did one of our CFO intensives for. She has um, a marketing business, you know, mid six figure business. She has some team members, um, but no employees. They're mostly subcontractors. And she was coming to me saying, you know, I'm really burned out. I don't understand, you know, where my money is going. Um, I want to be able to hire a team, but I just don't know how it's all going to work because everything, you know, she's just kind of all over the place in terms of what she was doing, where she was spending her time. Um, and she just didn't see how it was going to be possible to grow her business. And we actually ended up spending a lot of time going through her offers because she had offers. She was customizing different sorts of packages for different types of marketing for her clients. And her clients tended to be in a sort of similar industry, but she would have like copywriting packages, PR packages, you know, social media packages, strategy versus posting, and we're just kind of offers, you know, for everything. And I see this so, so often with business owners. And even I started doing that when I was, you know, early on in my business, just offering everything under the sun, because I remember you know, I said to her, hey, I have other PR clients who they charge their clients upwards of six $6,000 a month, 10K, 12K, 15K, you know, for these large corporate clients that she was also working with. And she looked at me and she was like, how? How am I ever going to find people who are going to pay me this? <laughs> and so we had to spend a lot of time, not just on the mindset piece, but also on honing in on what were the different things that she was doing in her business that were the most profitable? And again, in terms of money, but also where did she enjoy spending her time? What was the most efficient in terms of her time and her team's time? What are the offers that don't suck all of your energy? Because you want to pay attention to where your energy goes as well. So we spent a lot of time going through and revamping and doing some of the things I'm going to talk about. So first assessing how profitable were her offers. Then I had her go, her homework assignment was to brain dump, you know, come up with new packages with new pricing, low, low, medium and high tier packages. Thinking specifically about the transformation that each of her offers provided to support the pricing and then go out and start selling. So the first thing we did was figure out how profitable her offers were. So obviously for each of the offers, what we tend to do is we look at each of the different things that we sell. So, you know, for me, for example, we have our tax package, we have our CFO intensive and our monthly CFO services. Then of course we have my incubator and, you know, a few other things. We have actually a new shop online. I've not talked about in the podcast yet, but what I'll do for all of the services that actually require like my time and my team's time is we'll write them down and say, okay, what's the price point for each of these as the starting point? And people, a lot of times, if you don't have standardized offers, what people tell me is they'll come back. I actually had this conversation in the Slack channel for our millionaire CEO incubator. One of our clients was like, what do I even put for the sales? Because every, what I charge people is so different, you know, from package to package because we customize everything. And so obviously we'll talk in a few minutes about why we don't want to customize everything, but I just say, start with an average. So, you know, for example, our monthly CFO clients are probably going to be, you know, anywhere from 2,500, 2,250 a month up to 3,000 to 3,500. And then the weekly CFO clients, those are in a higher price point. And so, you know, obviously I have a range and it depends on 
what are the specific things we're doing? Are we doing payroll or not? Are we doing sales tax or not? How many business owners are there, et cetera, et cetera, that can change the price. But what I do when I do this exercise is I just pick what is the average. If it makes you feel better, go on the low end of what the range you would charge and see if that low end price is profitable or not as a starting point. So just pick something that feels like this is the most representative of what your clients are. So we're going to look at our offers and what are what is our sales price for each of those offers. Then we have to think about the cost associated with each of those offers. So what are all the costs that you might have? You're going to have, obviously, if you have team, so you're going to have team time, whether they're employees or contractors. So we want to factor in You may just use an average or, you know, some of you might even bill hourly. I'll talk about why I don't love that in a few minutes also. But if it comes with a certain number of hours, you can kind of say, hey, this is five hours times. Here's what I pay this team member to do the work. Put that team time in there. If you have any supplies, so I'll use a landscaping company as an example. If you have any supplies, like you had to buy plants, you had to buy dirt, you had to Maybe you had to pay for somebody to do the design or something along those lines. Make sure you put all of the supplies costs, the materials that you had to buy in this bucket too. Because if you can't make the sale without those supplies, we need to factor in the cost of those supplies into what we're doing. Are you ready to create a profitable business and use that cash flow as a fire starter for building your wealth? Since you're listening to my podcast, I'm guessing that you probably do, but maybe you aren't sure exactly how this would work for your business or if it's even possible for you. But listen, I am here to tell you that it is possible because I have worked with so many women business owners who have done exactly that. You can pay yourself a six-figure CEO salary and get yourself out of the feast or famine cycle where you're worrying about cash flow all the time. You can create a profitable business model that allows you to outsource and delegate so you can take time off from your business while still growing to the next level. And you can use that cash flow to start building a seven-figure portfolio of retirement, real estate, or whatever else you're interested in. If you're an established online or service-based business owner who likes some hands-on CFO support to increase your profit margins, build your business to the next level, and grow your net worth using that extra cash flow, then the Millionaire CEO Incubator is exactly for you. The Millionaire CEO Incubator is my signature six-month group coaching and done-with-you hybrid program to help you map out and implement a plan to turn six-figure cash flow into seven-figure wealth. We take on a handful of new clients each month by application. So if you're ready to change your money story, go to profitandprosper.co forward slash apply or the link in the show notes and fill out the quick application. It should take no more than two minutes and we'll be in touch. Now let's get back to the episode. And then the last thing that most people don't actually think about, and another client story is coming to mind. I did this literally two days ago with one of our clients who has a consulting business. And she was like, hey, can you help me think through pricing for this new client that I'm going to put in, put out a proposal for? And we had to do this. And I said, what is the cost of your team's time and any supplies you're going to have, you know, printing in her case? And then what is the cost of your time? How much time are you spending on each of these projects? And this is something that most business owners actually don't think about. They don't think about how much time and energy you spend doing the project because we tend to view it not as a cost of making the sale, delivering the offer. You know, I think this is honestly, I'm going to blame accountants for this because On your tax return, unless you have an S-corp, you know, if you're just a plain old LLC, 
on your tax return, the amount that you pay yourself as the owner is not a deduction. And so you typically don't include that as a quote unquote business expense. And so you think when you look at your P&L, you think that, oh, I made a sale for $10,000. I just earned $10,000. But it's actually really crucial to put a value on your time. And typically when we're doing this specific around, you know, profitability of your offers, I want you to think about what would I, what would you have to pay somebody else to do the work that you are doing to deliver on this offer? So for me, I'm the CFO for my clients and I have an accounting team. So to replace me, I need to think about how much would I have to pay another person to come in to be the CFO for this client. And so in that case, I'm probably going to go back to how many hours I usually spend on each client to do what I do as a CFO. I'm going to figure out what is an approximate hourly rate for them, making sure I include, you know, if they're an employee, I've got to include payroll tax. I usually put an estimate of eight to 10% of their wages for payroll tax. Um, And then any other, potentially any other benefits we have. Although again, like don't hear me and think that you have to get you know, super, super detailed with this, just, you know, I don't want to lose you. So I would think about what do I need to hire that or pay that CFO to come in and do the work? And I'm going to put that in my total for costs, even though right now I am the CFO. And to me, it's not a quote unquote cost because I'm not necessarily paying myself to be the CFO. I'm paying myself as a business owner. So what you have to do is add up the cost for delivering that offer. And what you're left with is basically gross profit. So if you look at a P&L, we're going to get a little technical here, but I think it's really important to understand the difference between sales, gross profit, and bottom line profit or net income. Sales is obviously how much you sold, it's your revenue, how much did somebody pay you to do the work. Then gross profit is if you take your sales number and back out all of those costs that I just listed out, the team cost, the supplies cost, and, you know, you probably won't do this like in your QuickBooks file, but for purposes of this exercise, backing out the value of your time to deliver the project. So after you back out all those costs, that's your gross profit. That's basically how much of the sales you get to keep to run your business and pay yourself. Gross profit, we use that cash to pay our overhead expenses, pay taxes, put into savings, and of course, pay you as the business owner. Then your bottom line profit, so you probably see this referred to sometimes as net income, sometimes operating income. Those are actually two separate things. I'm not going to go into the weeds of that for purposes of today. But bottom line profit is After you take your gross profit, pay all of your overhead expenses. That is what you're left with as your business's overall profit. It's really important to know your gross margin. And I'm going to tell you, even our new CFO clients who are coming in, who are, if they're not already in the seven-figure revenue range, they're at like 800,000 or more. The ones we've taken on in the last few months, not, I can think maybe one of them out of several have had gross margin appropriately split out on their P&L. So I can say for a fact that most business owners are not taking the step to think about this, which is why I'm talking about it on the podcast today. So if you make a sale, let's say you make a sale for $10,000 and you sit down and you do the math and you realize it's costing you 
$7,000 to deliver on that sale, that means you only get to keep $3,000 of the 10,000. So you're telling yourself, I made a $10,000 sale, but you're really only getting to keep $3,000, 30% of the sales, right? And my question to you would be, as your CFO, is that $3,000 worth the time and energy that it took you to not just deliver that service, but also to make the sale, to do the marketing? Was it worth it? You might do this exercise on the flip side and say, hey, out of my offer lineup, I've got two or three that are highly, highly profitable. And I would say as your CFO, let's focus on those and either get rid of the ones that are not profitable or tweak them so that they are. First step is we need to sit down, do this on a piece of paper, get out a Google sheet. And again, to quickly summarize, I want the sales price and average number is fine for each of your offers. Do an estimate of how much it costs your team, how much it would cost, you know, what's the value of your time? How much would it cost you to hire somebody else to do that? And then any other supplies costs that you have to have, supplies and materials to deliver on that sale. Total all those up and then sales minus all of those costs, that's your gross profit. I wanna, I wanna know for all of your offers, which one has the highest gross profit? And then also thinking about as a percentage, so gross profit divided by sales, that's your profit margin, which one has the highest profit margin? So that means for every dollar that you make in sales, where do you keep the most? This is really, really important information to know. So once you do that exercise, then we wanna figure out how do we design more profitable offers? So let's say you wanna be able to pay yourself $10,000 a month. And using the example from before where you made a sale for $10,000, but you only got to keep 3,000, you're obviously gonna have to do I guess the math works out to be three and a third, (laughs) three to four of those every single month, three to four of those sales um, every single month in order to pay yourself $10,000, assuming you don't have any overhead, which obviously is not reasonable because you would keep $3,000 from each sale. You need three and a third (laughs) to get to 10K. But then if you have overhead expenses, then you have to back those out and maybe you have to sell more versus Let's say you shift your model around and you get to where you're keeping six, $6,000 out of the 10K. So to make a $10,000 owner pay, you know, you have to do half the work because your profitability is so much higher. So how do you design offers that actually are more profitable? There's two levers you can pull when you think about profitability of your offers. What lever one is sales and lever two is costs. And the answer generally is somewhere, some combination of both. So in terms of sales, if you want to increase profitability, it's not about selling more because selling more doesn't impact how profitable each one of those offers is. What impacts the profitability is the price. So for each sale, if you want to increase the profitability, you have to increase the price. How can you increase price? I have a whole slew of podcast episodes from, I think around episode 15, I have a a whole series on pricing and revenue and offers. So I would recommend going back to listen to those if you want to think about how to raise your price, right? So think about ways, how are the, what are the things you can do to charge a higher price? And I'll just summarize a few things quickly. It could be 
delivering a bigger transformation to your clients, providing more of a value. It could be doing things faster. It could be increasing the amount of one-on-one support they get versus group support. It's really just about, I think, potency, right? Like being able to deliver a higher level of value to your clients. So that's the only way with sales to increase profitability is increase the price. Decreasing the costs is the other lever that you can pull. And so I think we all talk a lot about increasing prices. I see, I mean, we talk about this a lot. I see it on Instagram and like TikTok and wherever we're talking about charge more, high ticket, super premium. I like to remind people, you can also look at your costs. Let's say you think about your team costs. Maybe you decrease the direct one-on-one time that you or your team has to spend delivering that offer. And the way that you decrease it, I mean, I have clients, I have one that's coming to mind who, you know, she grew her business from mid six figures to low seven figures in a year, did a lot of hiring. And as she did that hiring, we noticed, you know, as they got settled in, their billable time, so like the time that her team was spending on actual client work versus admin work was about 50-50. And coming from, you know, I used to work at Deloitte, I have an agency myself. I tell them, you know, all the time, we need to get that billable time rate. It's never going to be 100%, but more like 75, 80 would be great. Even like 65 to 70 would be better than 50. So making sure, like if you want to decrease the one-on-one time that is spent in delivering the offer, it either comes down to making sure your team is efficient, meaning they're spending their time on things that they actually need to spend time on. That can come down to good leadership and good management on your part. Um, It can also come down to having clearly defined processes and systems, right? Making sure they're not wasting their time jumping from one thing to the next. You can also, you know, in some cases, if I find myself saying or doing the same thing over and over again, like as part of our onboarding process, for example, record a video or put together a little PDF or something that explains that thing. And that saves you, you know, maybe it saves you 30 minutes per client because you now have a document and asset that you can just use, reuse multiple times. You can also look at, you know, decreasing the scope of projects while holding the price consistent. And this comes down to making sure that you're doing the things that really provide value. I think it also has a lot to do with maintaining your boundaries as a business owner and having a very clear contract that says this is what is included. This is out of scope and not doing the stuff that's not necessarily included. Right. So those are the two main ways that you can decrease the cost. So decreasing the team time associated with delivering the offer or making sure they're at least, you know, effective that their bill rate, not bill rate, but the hours that they work on client work versus admin work is, you know, more like 70 to 80%, I would say as a target. And then make sure you're maintaining your boundaries around what you will and won't do. Overall, right, the goal between those two things is to increase the overall profitability of the offer. Sometimes what what we find when we go through this exercise with clients is we have to scrap the offers and start over and come up with brand new offers that either are, you know, in a lot of cases, our clients will come in basing the, the rates that they charge on 
the number of hours. Even if they have a team, they'll say, hey, my team's going to spend five hours. Say it's $100 an hour. It's 500 bucks a month or something like that. And so we have to, I think, sometimes redesign, like just totally throw the offers out if you can't tweak what you have and start over. And so something that a lot of my clients tell me is when when we come into a new client, in most cases, we'll say we need to create more standardized packages. If you have, you know, 10 plus offers, even I would say more than five different offers, different packages or services that you offer. When I tell clients like, hey, we want to streamline these down and like pick the ones that are the most profitable or redesign them to really hone in on just like a few things that you're providing to your clients. People inevitably tell me, I can't do that. My customers, like my clients, they want custom everything. You know, I can't put it into a package. Like it's impossible. And I say, okay, just trust me. We're going to test it out. I want you to go through and think about who are you working with? What are you doing for them? What are the most value add things that you could possibly do for them to give them the best transformation and put that into a package and just test it out. Worst case, if you need to um, come back and scrap it all and go back to what you were doing, that's fine. Like this is doesn't have to be a forever thing, but inevitably they will come back and say, okay, I realize, I see how this is beneficial because you hone in on certain packages that you put things together that are efficient for your team and you to be able to deliver and that provide a very high level of transformation for your clients, right? They're coming to you because they want a transformation. They don't care how much time you spend delivering the offer. They want the end result. And so we're going to give them the end result by packaging up the things that need to be done in order to get the end result. Some of the other other things I think are really important in terms of coming up with offers is having different tiers of offers. So we don't want to have too many things because I don't know about you, but if somebody's website looks like the Cheesecake Factory menu where you have just all kinds of things, all kinds of offers, I get really confused and overwhelmed and I just walk away. And I don't go to the Cheesecake Factory to eat either. So I like to have a low ticket, a medium ticket, and a high ticket offer. You know, you can think about for your business, how can we structure offers and do into different packages where we have a low, a medium, and a high? In most cases, the medium ticket offer is going to be the bread and butter, right? That's going to be the one that most people want because pricing psychology tends to put people in that middle tier. They don't want the cheap option. They don't want to spend a ton on the the high ticket offer. And so the medium ticket tends to be the bread and butter. Not always the case, but it tends to be that way. And so structure that one, especially so that it is highly profitable. We like to also have a low ticket offer so that people who, you know, maybe don't want the commitment of the medium ticket, maybe they just want to test out your service and see what you can do. Maybe they don't feel like they need the full offer. Their business isn't advanced enough or whatever it is. We want to have a low ticket offer that's easy and quick to deliver. And in terms of pricing, I want it to be worth your energy to deliver that thing. So as an example, my low ticket offer, I used to have a, what I called a clarity session where, you know, somebody could basically buy an hour of my time. We would sit down and go through, you know, whatever they wanted to talk about. I think I used to charge like $400 for it. And 
honestly, it took me a long time to get to this point, but eventually that was not worth my time anymore. And it's not that it my time is worth, quote, worth, I'm using air quotes, more than $400 an hour. I mean, I would argue in some cases it is, but it was just energetically speaking, I had enough of the medium and high ticket clients to where $400 just doesn't excite me anymore. And when you when I started my business, so for those of you who are new and are hearing like, oh, you didn't want to sell and do an hour for 400 bucks, that seems like I don't I don't see myself ever doing that. I didn't see myself feeling that way either three, four years ago, but here we are. So the low ticket offer can change over time, but I think it's important for it to be easy for you to execute and deliver. And it doesn't drain your energy because we don't want to put all of your energy into a low ticket offer. And then on the flip side, we got your high ticket. So, you know, if the medium ticket offer is bread and butter, this is the thing that most people are going to get. We want to have the premium package just in case I want it to be there just in case somebody wants to come along and pay for the premium package. Some people just want that level of support. Again, if it's high ticket, the value, the transformation needs to be there, but then we also want to make sure overall it is profitable and it's worth, you know, your time and energy to uh, to deliver the high ticket offer. So generally speaking, as you're thinking about packages, I think low, medium and high are great options to have. And the last piece of advice that I have around offers is I think that it's really helpful to have offers that kind of go along with your customer's life cycle or the stages that they go through. Because I cannot remember the stat off the top of my head, but it's like seven times easier to get a repeat customer than it is to go find a new one. And that's because if you deliver really good service to, um, a client, they're going to love you. They're going to want to work with you. And so it's going to be way easier for you to get them back in the door as compared to somebody cold, you know, off the street who's never heard your name before. And so, you know, thinking about, okay, maybe you give them a branding and website package is what's coming to my mind. You give them a branding and website package. They, you get it done. They love it. They go on their merry way. I want you to ask yourself, you know, maybe six months to a year to two years down the road, what is the next thing that they are going to need as it relates to your area of expertise? And so in this case, if you are any sort of branding or designer, please don't, you know, (laughs) don't judge me if I'm saying the wrong thing. This is not my area of expertise, but maybe they need um, templates for their social media that align with their brand. Maybe they need to add some sales pages to their website. Maybe they're launching a new offer, a new program or product or something, and they need um, a whole branding around that like product instead of just their business. So think about what are the natural things that they're going to want? And then is there a way for you to structure an offer that goes along with that life cycle, right? So that you can help them at the front and then six months to a year or so down the road, come back and they, you know, they come work with you. An example of this in my business is we have, you know, inside of the Millionaire CEO Incubator, we've had several, several, several clients go through that, like over 20, I think, in the last year or so since I started doing it, 25, maybe, maybe 30. Y'all, I don't know. (laughs) I should have looked it up before I use this example. We've had more than a couple of dozen of clients go through this program. And 
out of those clients that have gone through, I think 20% of them, or roughly 20% of them have upgraded into our concierge tax package totally separately because I think this is genius, if I do say so myself, the tax package. So we work on in the incubator, we work on profitability and cash flow. And naturally what happens when your profitability and cash flow increase is your taxable income increases and you want help with a tax strategy. And that is what our tax package is. So it's a natural flow. And we've had a good percentage of people who go through the program, then continue on with our tax package for ongoing support. And it was designed that way, kind of on purpose. And then I've actually, even from our tax package up into our CFO services, we've had a handful of clients upgrade from tax to CFO because their business went from mid six figures to high six figures. And they're like, hey, I need the next level of support and we can provide that for them. I'm going to stop there on offers. I feel like this is a topic I could talk about all day. So to summarize, your offers need to be profitable. If we're thinking about how to create consistent cash flow in your business and create a, a sustainable, stable business, we need consistent cash flow. And that starts with profitable offers. And so it's not just about how much are you selling? It's about how much are you keeping from each of those sales? That is what determines how your cash flow, how consistent your cash flow is. So your homework, I'm going to give you homework after this episode is go and work through each of your offers. Try to estimate, you know, what is the profitability of each of these offers and do you need to increase? Do you need to adjust any of the, the pricing or the cost, the inputs that go into the package? Like, do you need to change those to tweak them to become more profitable? Or do you need to throw them out the window and come up with new offers altogether? Okay. After you do this, I would love for you to either share it on Instagram, tag me, or send me a DM and tell me what you learned because I would love to hear if you had any tangible takeaways after this episode. That was it for the first episode in the profitability series, Profitable Offers. So I hope you enjoy. Go do your homework and I'll see you back next week for episode two. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Now, I want you to go take some action. What's one thing you can do this week to create more profit in your business? Send me a DM on Instagram at youngcocfo and share your action item with me. If you have a question or topic you'd like me to dive into, or if you're feeling empowered about taking charge of your finances, let's continue the conversation. Go to profitandprosper.co to submit a question or topic for me to talk about on the show. And because we all profit and prosper better with friends, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe wherever you listen, and share the episode. Make sure you tag me at youngcocfo on Instagram so I can give you some love, and I'll see you in the next episode.